great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, I and have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all
seated. Take your copy of God's Word, please, and be finding Joshua. And you can find the 14th chapter. You know, we're talking about life today, and all life is precious, the young and the old and everybody in between. Someone has observed that old people are worth a fortune. Did you know that? They said they have silver in their hair, gold in their teeth, stones in their kidneys, lead in their feet, and gas in their stomachs. They're worth a fortune. Concerning growing older, Christine Taylor wrote this marvelous poem called The Golden Age. This will really bless you. I get up each morning, dust off my wits, pick up the paper and read the obits. If my name is missing, I know I'm not dead, so I eat a good breakfast and go back to bed. Someone has described the seven decades of a man like this. Spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, pills, and wills. Seven decades and seven words. But why all this doom and gloom when it comes to aging? You know, it was J. Oswald Sanders who said that it's attitude, not arteries, that determines the vitality of our maturing years. Colonel Sanders, he started Kentucky Fried Chicken after he had retired. Vanderbilt built most of his railroads when he was well past the age of 70. Tennyson wrote The Crossing of the Bar when he was 83 years old. John Glenn returned to space when he was 75. Michelangelo was still producing masterpieces at the age of 89. And Monet was doing the same thing at the age of 85. We need more people today that are like the uh, fellow that the old evangelist Vance Havner once told about. It seems that a 90-year-old uh, man decided to travel around the world. He's 90 years old. And his buddy came to him, and his buddy was all in distress and worked up and fretful. He said, you shouldn't take a trip like this. I might not see you again. And that 90-year-old man said back to this friend there, he had a suitcase in his hand, and he said, maybe not. You might be dead when I get back. <laughs> We need more people like that. Now, now, some who are older might be thinking, well, it's easy for you to stand up there, preacher, and you tell funny stories about aging. You just wait, because one day you'll be there. Yeah, hopefully I will. But I'm not basing this today upon my personal experience. I'm, I'm looking at this whole idea through the lens of Scripture, especially as we're talking about this whole idea of new beginnings. And I've been so inspired and so blessed by the story that we're going to look at this morning. You know, it's not just older people who give up and stop growing. Did you know that? John Maxwell observed one time, he said, most people die at 35, but they're not buried until 75. Ouch. Ouch. Die at 35, but not buried till 75. And so today's message is for you, no matter what age you are, or what stage of life you find yourself. In fact, the gentleman in today's story, he even speaks and reaches out to the younger generation. He himself is an older man, but he reaches out to the younger generation and encourages them in their faith. Now, you know, it came time to divide up the land of Canaan. And we have the entering in the promised land and the conquest and all those good things. And the man I'm going to talk about today is a man that you probably remember a man by the name of Caleb. And when they're in the uh, part of dividing up the land, what he speaks up and says is incredible. So if you have your copy of the Scripture, follow along as I read Joshua chapter 14, 
verses 6 through 15. Joshua 14, 6 through 15. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was on my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the day the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now it's my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakin. Then the land had rest from war. Now, I don't know if you caught it or not, but Caleb, as he's saying these words, he was 85 years old. Joshua and Caleb are the oldest people in all of Israel. Remember, everybody else their age had died off in the wilderness wanderings. And, and Joshua and Caleb, they went way back. They had spied out the land under Moses. They brought back a good report, you remember? And there were other ten brought back a bad report. And the the heart of the people melted and they rebelled and God disciplined them and, and God did away with a whole generation of people. And the promised land, when it came to Joshua and Caleb, was going to have to wait and wait a long time. But the interesting thing, beloved, is although Caleb had to wait and wander all those years with the, with the exception of Joshua, watching everybody else, his age and older, die off. His faith never faltered. In fact, 45 years later, his faith is as strong as it's ever been. He had wandered, he had warred, and now he's ready to fight some more. Harold Wilmington said that Caleb was very much alive at 85. Very much alive at 85. But the, key, the question is, what was the key to his longevity? And not just his longevity, but especially what was the key to his faith and his enthusiasm and his desire to conquer and to keep going for the Lord? Now think about it. He's not the top man. Joshua had gotten that part. Uh, Joshua rose to be the leader. In fact, we don't hear much from uh, Caleb after his impassioned uh, plea as a spy under Moses. You can jot these references down, Numbers 13.30 and 14.6-10 and 14.24. I'll just just read a little bit of that. Numbers 13.30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we're well able to overcome it. 
You know, he encouraged the people in Numbers 14, 6 through 10. And because of his faith, the Lord said this to him in Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has fully followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Did you notice there the Lord said that Caleb fully followed him, wholly followed the Lord? Did you notice that phrase in our opening passage in Joshua 14? Several times it says that Caleb wholly or fully followed the Lord. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 8, it talks about it. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 9. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 14, it talks about that he wholly or fully followed the Lord. And may I suggest to you this morning that the reason we see such enthusiasm and faith and longevity in Caleb is because he wholly and fully followed the Lord. And beloved, that's what we need today. We need men and women and teenagers and boys and girls who make up their mind that with God's help, they're going to wholly, fully, absolutely follow the Lord and not be like so many that never make up their minds. Like the, the, the man in the Civil War who wore a blue coat and gray trousers and he got shot at from both sides. We need men and women and boys and girls and teenagers. We need Christians who say, you know what? God helping me. I'm going to fully, wholly, unreservedly follow the Lord. And Caleb is a wonderful example of that. I agree with Warren Wearsby. He said this about Caleb. What an example for us to follow. Age did not hinder him. His disappointments of the past did not embitter him. And giants did not frighten him. Caleb was quite the fellow. But what does it look like to wholly follow the Lord? Well, it looks like Caleb. And so I want to look at that passage in Joshua 14. And I want to pick out a couple things that I want to share with you today that illustrate what's involved in wholly, fully following the Lord. Did you notice, first of all, beloved, when it came to Caleb, and remember he's 85 years old, when it came to Caleb, he believed... The promise of God. He believed the promise of God. Look back at verse 9. It talks about there that Caleb refers to the promise the Lord had made to him way back in Deuteronomy. Chapter 1, verses 35 and 36. Look at verse 9 again. Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the Lord, or excuse me, the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. God said it. And that settled it for Caleb. And he held on to the Word of God all those years. Now, my brother or sister in Christ, can I just ask you a real honest question? Do you really believe the promises of God? Do you really believe the promises of God? You know, he tells us in his Word, the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And do you remember what else he said? He said in that passage these words, Lo, I'm with you always. I'm always going to be with you. He promises His constant presence. So many promises in the Word of God. Do we really believe them? You know, there are many of those promises. You know, the one about His love, it is everlasting. And it's an unconditional promise. It means it doesn't depend upon me. It's an unconditional. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Romans 8, 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, 
nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The promises of God, do you really believe that? Nothing's going to separate you from God's love. You know, He promised um, Caleb a, a dwelling place and an inheritance. And you know what? As a child of God, He's promised us the same thing. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. Were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. What did Jesus say? That, that where I am, there you may be also. Do you really believe that today? That Jesus is preparing a place for you. He has a place for you. He's promised. He's coming back for you, child of God. He's going to receive you into Himself and you'll be able to spend eternity with Him. Do we really believe the promises of God? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love you with an unconditional, everlasting love. You see, when God made a promise to Caleb, He fully and wholly believed the promise and held on to the promise. And beloved, we have even more than that. We have the completed, inspired, inerrant, authoritative, infallible Word of God. Filled with the promises of God. Do we really believe them? If we're going to fully follow the Lord... We've got to believe the promises of God. But did you notice something else about Caleb? Did you notice, beloved, as we read today, that he rejoiced in the goodness of God? He rejoiced in the goodness of God. You're still in Joshua 14. Look at verses 10 and 11. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. By the way, did you know everybody in here could say that this morning? Is everybody in here alive? Some of you I'm questioning. If you're alive today, you can say the Lord kept me alive. It's true. As he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Caleb knew it was God who had preserved his life and blessed him and guided him all these years. And can I just say to all of us today, myself included, that's true about us too. It's God's goodness that has kept us alive and guided us and provided for us and blessed us through all of our years. Now, Caleb was blessed with physical preservation as well. God had been good to him in regards to his health, and he acknowledged that. Not all of us are going to make it to 85, period, not all of us are going to make it to 85 and be as strong as we are at 40. In fact, very few will. But God's presence and His faithfulness to us, we've been singing about it all day, is so incredible. And our God is so good. And if we're going to fully and wholly follow the Lord, we've got to remember it's the Lord's mercies, the Bible says, that we're not consumed. Great is thy faithfulness. And so Caleb, he believed the promises of God. He rejoiced in the goodness of God. And then here's a real important one. He depended upon the power of God. That's amazing. Caleb was ready to go up and take the mountain with the giants. You wonder who the Anakims were. The giants. 
He was ready to battle and conquer, but did you notice He was not going up at His own strength? Look at verse 12. Now therefore, give me this mountain. I just love that. An 85-year-old, give me this mountain. We get there. We don't want the mountain. We want a valley. We want, we want the beach. We want flat. Give me this mountain. But not just a mountain cabin by a stream. Notice it was a tough assignment. Give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Isn't it interesting that Caleb, at the age of 85, is talking about the unbelief when he was at the age of 40 and the other people. And he's talking about the very things that discouraged the rest of his generation to tackle. The hill country, the Anakim, and the large fortified cities. The very things that it caused that previous generation to fail in their faith. At 85 years old, Caleb says, listen, that's what I want. I want the mountain. Give me this mountain. And if we're going to follow the Lord fully and wholly, we're going to have to depend upon the Lord's strength. The arm of flesh will fail us. But here's the beautiful thing. The weaker we are, the better. Now that's not a worldly mindset, but it's a biblical mindset. Because when we're weak, then we're strong. Why? Because we rest in His strength. You might be wondering, well, how did he, how did it all turn out for him? I wish we had time to dive even deeper, but let's just look a little bit. It, you're in Joshua 14, right? Find the next chapter if you flip the page or it's right there with you. Joshua 15. We won't read all of it, but jot the reference down. Joshua 15, 13 through 19. How did, how did it turn out? Well, look at verse 14 of Joshua 15. I love this. Joshua 15, 14. Caleb drove out three sons of Anak from there, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. He drove them out. Wouldn't you love to see an 85-year-old man chasing those three giants out of there? Go, Caleb! Get them, boy! And that's exciting. And then, and then he challenges the younger generation. Look at verse 16. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kerjath Sefer and takes it, to him I will give Oxa, my daughter, as wife. She must have been good looking. Because Othniel steps up. I don't know if she would have did it for an ugly girl. But anyway, uh, verse 17. So Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And he gave him Aksa, his daughter, his wife. Now it was so. Now I want you to see how he inspires the younger generations. And notice how he speaks to the younger generations. Look at verse 18 of chapter 15. Now it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you wish? She answered, give me a blessing. Give me a blessing, Daddy. Since you've given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. Now I want you to notice what he does. Read the rest of that verse, verse 19. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Do you see how Caleb's faith impacted the younger generation? He challenged someone to go up and take it. He gave his daughter to that one. And then his own daughter comes asking and he blesses her. What are we saying this morning, beloved? Well, you know, our physical bodies, they are going to deteriorate. 
And physically speaking, the majority of us, we're going to, as we age, grow weaker and weaker. Not everybody's like Caleb physically. But we can be like Caleb spiritually. You see, as a child of God, even though we may be aging physically, we can be growing in our spiritual life like never before. I love how the psalmist, jot this reference down. I'm going to read it to you out of the King James. I love the way the King James says it. Psalm 92, 12 through 15. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Listen to verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I always loved that. I preached a message years, years ago about how we can be fruitful, fat, and flourishing. <laughs> Psalm 92, verse 15 says, To show, why? To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. You say, oh, but listen though, preacher, we're not in the Old Testament. All right, then jot this reference down and listen to it. 2 Corinthians 4.16. You ought to memorize this one. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't grow discouraged. We don't grow down depressed. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Even though our outward body, our physical, we're growing weaker and deteriorating. Even though our outward man is perishing, listen, yet the inward man is renewed, being renewed day by day. In other words, the outside's beginning to fall apart, but the inside is in the best shape it's ever been in. I don't know about you, but I want to end up like Caleb. I want to end up like Caleb. If the Lord grants me life, I want to end up like Caleb, a man who's full of faith and enthusiasm and a spiritual freshness that's renewed day by day, that impacts those around me and those coming after me. To say with Caleb, give me this mountain. You're, you're going to laugh at me, but I've actually prayed. I've made it a prayer at times in my life. God, please, don't let me end up being a bitter old man. Don't let me do that. If you give me life, I want to be like Caleb. To have the kind of faith that says, give me this mountain. Beloved, to finish well. And I think that's your desire too. To finish well. You know, the start's important. But the finish, we really got to watch for the finish. And I don't want to drop the ball. And I don't want to fumble the ball. And I know you're the same way. In your Christian walk. In your family. In your marriage. In your testimony. We realize how weak and frail and stupid we can be at times. <clears throat> but if I'm going to finish well, if you're going to finish well, we've got to wholly follow the Lord. We've got to hold on to the promises of God. We've got to really believe them. Really believe them. We've got to rejoice in the goodness of God. No matter what's going on in my life, God, You are good. And I've got to depend upon the power of God. Why? 
Because, beloved, we're getting weaker physically and, and there are more challenges, but God's power is everlasting and full and perfect and ever-flowing. And we have to tap into His power. We could be renewed day by day. So I want to challenge you, no matter what stage, what age of life you're in, to wholly, fully follow the Lord. No regrets, no retreats, no turning back, but saying, listen, God helping me, I'm going to wholly, fully follow the Lord and be fresh and fruitful and flourishing. A shoe company once sent a sales representative to a new foreign office. The man arrived and they wired back. This was back in the days where they were wired their messages. He wired back this discouraging report. We can't do business here. No one in this country wears shoes. Well, the company decided they weren't going to just give up. They were going to send a second representative to see if the first man was right. The second man went to this country and he wired back this message. He said, send all the shoes you can. The market is limitless. Everybody here needs shoes. Now, let me tell you something. Same country, same circumstances, same people, but a different outlook. See, that second salesman went and said, give me this mountain. The first one says, woe is me, I'm undone. Can't do anything, I give up. The second guy says, listen, it's limitless. Send all the shoes you can. Listen. We want to be like Caleb. We want to be like one who says, listen, Lord, help me. Give me this mountain. Help me to finish well. Let's bow in prayer. Do you know the Lord today? You see, your Lord and Savior, that's the beginning. That's the starting point. You've never repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ. That is what you need to do today. To have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Call out to Him. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. And trust Him today. We'd love to talk with you more about that. The most of this message today was for believers. What's God saying to you? Where is it that you're beginning to give up and go back? And Where are you faltering? Today you need to make a fresh, a fresh surrender to the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to serve you wholly, fully, unreservedly. I want to finish well. I want to believe your promises depend upon your power and serve you the rest of my days. Maybe you need to come today and pray about some things in your life. Maybe you've been distracted. You've been on the wrong path in some areas. Maybe come and get that right today. The altar's open. I encourage you to come. Father, thank you for Caleb. Thank you for his faith. Thank you for these lessons you've laid out before us. Bless this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 543, nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. The altar is open. You be saved today. We love talking about that. You can just pray about something. You'd like to pray with you.